So I saw a really interesting article in the New York Post this week, and I wanted to bring it to your attention because right now I know most of you are probably looking to to purchase a home or you're like trying to put your, your toe in the water a little bit to test it out to see maybe if it's the right option for you. And right now, obviously, under Joe Biden, it's not looking too good for any of us. And this int- this article I found super interesting. So right now, it's pretty much saying that the markets are so out of control based on, you know, the, the interest rates going on right now. We're almost at 8%. And for some reason, um, that is pushing a lot of people out of the market. So this article pretty much has... The average monthly mortgage payment is a whopping 52% higher than the average monthly rent on a house or an apartment, a ratio that hasn't been seen since 2008, which is the housing crisis, obviously, as many of you know. And uh, I'm in the market looking right now for a nice little condo, uh, my first purchase, and I'm a little disappointed that I can't find it. It's my first time buying. Just was so excited because I paid off all my student loans because the government wasn't going to pay them for me, unfortunately. And now I'm in this like predicament. Like, do I buy now? Do I hold off and wait another year? So I've got a lot of questions, and I'm sure you guys do too. So I'm going to bring in uh, my expert, my financial expert, Dr. Kirk Elliott. He joins us now. Dr. Elliott, thank you for being here. Um, I know a lot of Americans are a little stressed out right now when they're looking at the housing market based on the rates. Uh, we're at about 8% now. And for people like me, that's just not feasible. Uh, this part of the article, which I thought was pretty interesting, somebody who's looking right now at an 8% rate, uh, if you're looking for a 30-year mortgage and you're about in the range of $410,000 for a home right now, um, you're going to be paying so much more money. So you're going to get paying, even if you put 10% down, you're going to be paying more than 60% of what you would have paid in your mortgage payments back in 2020. I mean, that seems a little absurd. What's your take on it right now? It is. I mean, that is absurd. First, I have to ask you a quick little question. So what makes you so special that the government wouldn't pay off your loan when they're paying off everybody else's? I know. I know. It's hey, discrimination. Yeah. <laughs> what gives? Um, no. So so the housing market, I mean, you you are stuck in this time in history where the pendulum is shifting, right? So we've had from 1983 until about 11 months ago, interest rates have been coming down um, artificially most of the time because ever since 2009, we had basically a zero interest rate policy. It's called ZERP, where where they wanted to artificially keep rates really low to try to stimulate the economy to get us out of that great recession, right? So, so now markets are left to their own devices, right? And, and it's like, we can't afford this. We can't keep affording this cheap money um, and so we've printed so much, you know, we've printed so much money. The money supply is going through the roof. Now the rest of the world views the U.S. dollar kind of like monopoly money, right? It's like what they keep printing. And, and let's say that you're China or India or any other country that's actually producing goods that, that are being sold in America. Well, would you want our cheapened currency that they just keep printing, 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 and it's like devaluing and it's worth almost nothing and say, hey, America, we'll keep selling you stuff, but we're going to require more of your junk currency for our goods and services. See, this is why we have inflation, because we keep printing money like there's no tomorrow. Now, how do policymakers slow down that inflation train by raising interest rates? So I think the time of low interest rates is over probably for good because if you look back over time seven percent is about the average interest rate throughout history 
7%. Now we just went above that. And I think though, it's going to continue to go above that. Um, so, but here's, here's the dilemma. Um, don't, don't, I know you're looking for a house, but don't get too distraught yet. Interest rates are going to keep going up, but I think what happens is the housing prices are going to come down a lot because under Biden's amazing economic plan for America, you've got lowering wages. Well, that's not good for buying a house. You've got rising interest rates. Well, that's not good either, right? So, so therefore, housing prices are going to have to come down in a competitive market to get people to buy your house, right? So that's, that's the nature of the world that we're living in. Now, you add one more element to that mix. Rates have gone up so quickly, right? They've more than doubled over the last 12 months. So imagine if you have an adjustable rate mortgage, something that's not fixed, and it comes due this year or in 2024, right? And what happens? It, you were used to this artificially low interest rate, and now your ARM, your adjustable rate mortgage expired, and it renews at a rate that's double. That means if you're used to paying $2,000 a month mortgage on your ARM, it now goes to 4,000, what? people are just going to have to walk away, right? Then, or they're going to have to default or their house goes into foreclosure. So I think the available inventory of housing is going to be so great. Prices are going to come down. So even though we've got higher interest rates coming, the price of housing is probably going to come down. And you actually might be, if you have a job where your wages are going up, right? Um, and you can put down a large down payment, it might be, beneficial for you because I think the housing market collapses. I think it comes down a lot. Now, mm -hmm. what did what did the policymakers, um, Jerome Powell at the Fed, Janet Yellen, our Treasury Secretary, what did they say about interest rates? So the last two weeks, they've said, we're going to have higher rates for longer, right? This is their new policy. This is their new rallying cry. So and when people say we're pausing interest rates, this is what mainstream media is is just kind of shouting from the rooftops. We're pausing interest rates. We've won the war on inflation, right? That's what they want us to think. But that's not the reality. So the reality is they're going to probably have one more rate hike, probably another quarter percent, and then they pause at these higher levels, right? So we're going to have higher interest rates for longer because they haven't won the war on inflation. And they know it, which is why they're going to pause interest rates at this high level. So what impact is that going to have on Americans? Well, we're, anybody who carries any debt, so I'm glad you got rid of your student loans. That's awesome. Congratulations, right? But anybody who carries debt is going to feel the pinch even more because it's going to be month after month after month after month of these prolonged interest rate hikes in this higher for longer scenario because they haven't won the, the war on inflation. But here's where it, I believe it, it gets worse. Um, because when you see that kind of activity going on, what causes stocks, bonds, mutual funds to go up when people spend money, right? It's the stock market's a function of revenue is people spend, you know, at Best Buy or any, any company, right? They're, the, the revenues of that company goes up, which means their earnings, their profits, and ultimately their share price does. When people don't spend money because they don't have it, ultimately their share prices are going to come down.
So I think we're going to see um, some prolonged economic malaise, um, which is going to be detrimental to the economy. And here's where I want to connect a little dot moving into the future, right? So come January 1st, I, the, the problem that, that we're going to have is, is coming from the BRICS nations. Um, they met in Durban, South Africa, um, August 22nd through the 24th, and Vladimir Putin made this announcement. He said, we're going to de-dollarize the world, and it's irreversible, and this is our objective. How are they going to do that? They added six of the nine largest oil producers in the world into the BRICS nations. So if you if this were an agreement that they made between French Guyana and Suriname, right, two, two small little dinky countries, who cares, right? It's not going to impact anybody. But when this agreement is made between the BRICS nations, which is 70% of the world's population, it really matters. That's a really big trading block. And so that 70% of the world's population that's now not going to be using U.S. dollars to purchase oil. So, so now we have no built-in demand because all oil settlements used to be traded in U.S. dollars. It no longer is going to be in the BRICS nations. They're going to use their own currencies. So what does that mean for us? Because we're Americans, right? And so when we don't have that capital inflow built in demand for our currency, but we still have entitlements, still have Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, women, infant, children programs, infrastructure, the defense, we have all this stuff that we need to fund and we don't have any money coming in. They're going to be forced to print like there's no tomorrow, which is going to cause more inflation, which is going to cause higher interest rates, right? So this is the story that mainstream media is not telling anybody. I think it becomes ugly next year. And as the economy slows down and people stop spending, that means in sales tax revenues come down. When they stop spending, companies aren't going to hire. That means income tax revenues come down. And if they're not working, they can't afford houses and, and larger houses, right? And so property tax revenues come down. See, the, the cycle that we're going through, government revenues are going to be strapped, so they're going to be forced to print their way out of it for everything from debt ceiling increases to everything else that they're going to have to do, right? But one of the biggest, Brianna, um, economic indicators that I see, which isn't really a leading economic indicator at all, it's just, it's just kind of something that, uh, that I watch, but it's a very good one. And that's the sale of cardboard boxes. <laughs> okay, what a stupid thing to watch. <laughs> right? so, so imagine during the holiday season from Black Friday until Christmas, that's where 80% of all annual revenues are made for retailers in America. 80% of their entire annual revenue is made during that month. That So, so companies like Amazon that ship everything to everybody on seven days a week, right? You would think they would be buying cardboard boxes like there's no tomorrow to, to ramp up for this holiday season or Best Buy or Walmart or, you know, what, what your parents love to go do Costco, right? It's like where's <laughs> boxes. There, there's no, the, the, the demand for boxes has come down by 79% by in the last month and a half. 79%. They're not expecting to sell anything over the holiday season. 
So now what's going to happen in January? If they don't have a good holiday season for sales, these companies are going to lay people off come January. What happens then? Sadly, it's an election year. And when there's crisis and problem, people willingly give up their freedoms in exchange for peace, in exchange for comfort, in exchange for anybody who promises to give them something with other people's money, they'll give away their freedoms. And so this is where I think 2024 is going to be kind of a knockdown drag out year economically and in not a good way. You've got the BRICS nations rising up, the loss of the petrodollar, the loss of our reserve currency. I think we go into a pretty pronounced and deep recession, but not a normal recession, an inflationary recession where people aren't working, but prices go up. It's like, man, that's what we had during the Carter years, right? And, and, and Reagan fixed it by jacking up interest rates to 18% in 1983. Imagine you looking for a house now with 18% interest rates. I wouldn't but, be looking. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be looking, but that's, what, that's how they slowed down inflation in the early 80s. And so it worked because inflation was 14.3%. The only way you slow down inflation with interest rates higher than the inflation rate. So this is where we're headed, right? So yeah. I would encourage you and everybody watching is if you're looking to buy a house right now, I'd probably wait because I think the prices are going to come down. I know it's the last thing you want to hear. It's like you're looking, you're itching to get a house, right? But but I think the prices probably come down a lot and it'll ultimately be to your benefit. You know, a little word of of wisdom for everybody if, if you're looking to buy a house save up save up save up you know get as much as you can towards a down payment and then buy the house when when the prices come down and i think they come down a lot because yeah. it's just math you know i'm not yeah. trying to be a prophet of gloom and doom it's just it's just math it's like when when people's wages are coming down and the cost of borrowing goes up well they're not going to be able to afford as much the prices have to come down so I think this is where we're headed going into 2024. Yeah, Dr. Elliott, how long do you think that's gonna take? What's their kind of timeline when we start seeing an impact in the housing market? Um, if they raise rates another quarter of a point, which they're going to on the next Fed meeting, that's, mm -hmm. that's a speculation, that might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Um, now, they're gonna keep stimulating things and trying to, to massage it over, but on every, policy like that it's generally about a 90 day window you know after the fact until you see the impacts of that policy but we're living in such a weird world right now that that they paused interest rates on the last fed you know meeting last month they they paused them it's like we're not raising rates but what happened at chase bank of america wells fargo citibank right the the mortgage lenders of the world their rates didn't pause they kept going up as as you've seen looking for a house right so this is why interest rates right now are eight percent so the reason that happens is you've got private money these banks are lending out their money to you for example to buy a house well they don't care if if the fed paused interest rates they they care about hey this this brianna girl it's like hmm i wonder if she's going to have a job 30 years from now I wonder what inflation is going to be 30 years from now. I wonder what her wages are going to do 30 years from now. I wonder what the housing market's going to do 30 years from now. This is what the economists at mortgage banks are talking about. And so therefore, they think 
propensity with this economy for this Brianna girl to actually pay us back, it's probably pretty slim. So we're going to keep raising our interest rates. We want a reward for the risk that we're taking. So even after the Fed paused rate hikes, the secondary market keeps raising them. This is the problem that the Fed isn't talking about. But I know I'm in a world where there's no guarantees, this is my guarantee. They're really scared about it because they see it. They see that private sector money interest rates keep going up, even though that they paused. This is the creature that they created that they can't kill, right, um, yeah. is is the, the bad economy. So mm-hmm. one other kind of weird thing that's happened um, that hardly ever happens is, and, and we'll apply this to the housing scenario that you're going through, if you're looking to get a mortgage, the interest rates on a 30-year mortgage are always higher than on a 15-year mortgage, right? Because there's a lot of unknown risk. There's a lot of extra years in there where they don't know what's going to happen to you or the markets or anything else. So so generally speaking, like almost all of the time, lower interest rates come with lower duration, low, lower time frame loans and, and higher interest rates with long duration loans because of that element of the unknown on that long time horizon. Well, today, that, that yield curve is what it's called is inverted, where interest rates on short-term loans are higher than on long-term ones. What does that mean? That means almost to 100% degree of certainty um, that they expect something really bad to happen in the short term. Like recession is right under our nose because they see, boy, something's gonna happen immediately. We gotta jack up interest rates right now. And then over the next 20, 30 years, it's bound to get better. So we can have lower interest rates down the road for longer term because whatever we're facing right now, they're going to fix it. So this inverted yield curve, which is what we have right now, is almost a for sure indicator that we're seeing recession. So we've talked about a lot of bad junk on this episode, sadly. <laughs> I mean, it's just bad. <laughs> and and, and I don't want... <laughs> it, it's not good news. And I don't want people, though, to watch Brianna and Kirk and say... Boy, I got to put my head in the sand. I'm so scared. It's hopeless. It's not hopeless. There's mm-hmm. always things that you can do. And we we tell you these stories. Brianna and I are telling you these stories so you understand the nature of the world that we're living in so you can act accordingly. See, every one of those fundamentals that we went over cause chaos, uncertainty, turbulence, turmoil, change. Those elements cause gold and silver to go up. So they might cause stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate to come down but they cause gold and silver to go up. So when we start reallocating and repositioning our own assets to take advantage of these trends rather than the trends taking advantage of us, truly we can have a smile on our face, right? And be in the right place at the right time um, the majority of the time. Because one of the keys to wealth and wealth accumulation is A, being in the right place at the right time. B, it's don't overpay for anything that you ever have. and C, don't be emotionally attached to your investment. You sell it at the right time. This is where we can help people navigate through this crisis to at least personally not have it be a crisis, yeah. right? Because that's an individual decision. For, for every choice that we make, there's a consequence, either good or bad. And we can't change the politics, really. I mean, it takes a large collective voice to get politicians to listen if they do. But, but 
that takes a lot of people acting in concert, being loud about it, and hopefully they, they hear it and make a change. Your finances doesn't take a loud collective voice. It takes you. It could be a silent voice just telling yourself, okay, act. Brianna, just do this, right? And so, so I would encourage everybody, take that leap of faith, start repositioning out of whatever you're in into tangible assets that take advantage of these situations rather than those situations taking advantage of us. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, I remember, um, I think it was last week, just seeing gold spike. I think we went up $160 once the Israel conflict or war began. Um, so I know a lot of people are shifting that way. Uh, let's talk about some solutions. It's obviously more positive and it's always yeah. going to come with a plan. So you're you're my go-to guy when I want a plan. So Dr. Mm -hmm. Kirk Elliott, can you give us uh, the best solution possible right now? What would you advise everyone to start doing? So tangible assets for sure i mean that's that's a no-brainer in in a world of inflation things go up in price what's what are things cereal groceries cars oil gas at the pumps um cars gold silver they're all things they'll all go up during times of inflation so when you're talking about investing i would actually allocate into the precious metals complex either silver or gold but i would choose silver Silver's, you know, a manufacturing metal. They're running out of supply. When you have low supply, high demand, supply chain disruptions, which we've had since COVID, um, it's it's poised to outperform gold. I would allocate into silver. Now, more specific on that is you can take delivery of it at home, you can store it at a depository, or you can actually hold it in an IRA. Now, I'm I'm not talking about paper versions, no ETFs, no mining shares, no mutual funds, actually physical metals, um, coins, bars, right? So take delivery of them or store them in your IRA. That's the solution. See, the, here's one of the problems that, that Americans have um, overall when we talk to hundreds of people a day in our office and 99% of them that call in are actually paralyzed and gripped with fear when they call. By the end of the call, they're not. But why are they gripped and paralyzed with fear? It's because they're focused on the problem and not the solution. See, well, if you focus on the solution, that'll put a smile on your face. If you focus on the problem and on the storm, it's like, well, I wouldn't be smiling either. I mean, you, I would. It's yeah. just gets too negative. It gets too dark. You feel hopeless. But so I encourage you stop focusing on the storm when there is a solution and we can help you get to that point of peace. And, yeah. and prosperity in your finances. Yeah, yeah, which is super important. And and you offer a great service, right? And I know because I've, I've, I've called in and I'm, I'm scheduled also as well to, to have another call with you guys. I'm looking forward to that. But you offer a great service right now. Um, people could go to kirkelliottphd.com slash Brianna. They could scroll down a little bit. There's like a little information form that they could fill out. They could send you their contact information. Somebody will call them back schedule an appointment and you could just casually go through all of these 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 issues any type of kind of advice you might need right now they could go over it with with you and your and your team and um the peace of mind to it is incredible and i highly recommend everyone doing so um so again that's uh kirk elliott phd.com slash brianna or you could call 720-605-3900 that's 720-605-3900 I mean, listen, we started off a little gloomy, but now we've got solutions and I know our audience loves that. And so we, we thank you for 
giving us some solutions and um maybe maybe in a couple of weeks i'll be a homeowner who knows <laughs> sounds good that'll be awesome <laughs> thank you dr kirk elliott we appreciate your time as always and look forward to having you back soon well, let's be honest, right? Under Joe Biden, we've had plenty of economic woes Whoa! and uncertainties. Like many of you, I was getting a little nervous, so I turned to my dad for some advice. He's great at investing his money. He said there's only one thing to do, and that's to invest in gold and silver. I've never done it before, so I called our friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott. And I don't regret it at all because, let me tell you guys, he gave me all the details I needed. So if you're like me and you're just trying to get your foot in the door and kind of figure out what's the best way to invest your funds, I highly recommend right now you go to kirk slash brianna that's kirk slash brianna or call 720-605-3900 that's 720-605-3900